Hi everyone, welcome to There's Always Tea, an uplifting podcast that will have you learning and laughing, maybe just a little. And today is our second shorty and a really important topic. But before we start the show, click subscribe or follow now so that you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. And in case you haven't listened to our show before, we are friends who love all things related to travel, tea, history, and the ethereal universe, and sometimes not in that order. My name is Keith Hockton. I'm a public historian, author, and broadcaster, and I'm delighted to be in the studio with my co-host, Nikki Jordan, who will help me digest a feast of facts over a cup of tea. Nikki is a transformation coach, an aromatherapist, an author, a mum, and so much more. Hi, Nick. <laughs> Hello. So today's topic, I mean, was this a burning question of yours? <laughs> burning, absolutely burning. And you'll find out <laughs> why later. Mm, intriguing, I must say. <laughs> so today we're going to work out how fish drink, if they drink, why they drink, um, how much they drink. But first we need to drink. And guess what? Yes. I made the tea today. I know. So Jasper left me a note to say that you were making the tea. I'm so excited to see what delights you've made today. Go on, surprise me. <laughs> yeah, don't get your hopes up. It's strong. It's sweet. It's sexy. It's exactly what we would drink oh. before, we'd, before we go diving. <laughs> oh, is that it? Oh, my God. Okay, loving it. It looks like a robust tea. I can stand a spoon up in it. Thank you very much indeed. Right, we're That's off. It. It's Earl Grey, and that's it. There's no fruit. There's no mixes. Let's get into it. All right. I think it's a good choice for today. Thank you very much. Okay. So I'm a diver. I've dived a lot. And every time I dive and you see fish, I wonder how it drinks. Hmm. See, funnily enough, I've never really thought about it. You know, my mind's filled with other things. But there's a bit of science to it, and it's really fascinating. And look, if you were diving and there was a bar set up, you would find it. It would be called Keith's Bar. Everyone welcome and bring a joke or two with you. <laughs> I can just see it now. <laughs> For sure. Hey, you know SpongeBob SquarePants? He lives in Bikini Bottom at the bottom of the ocean. It'd be a bit like that. <laughs> you know, he speaks like he's got a nasty nasal condition, that one. That is so out of left field. <laughs> Yellow sponge again. Oh, my goodness. Oh, he's a superstar. What are you on about? His best fish is a starfish called Patrick. <laughs> Patrick? Mm. Couldn't have thought of anything else. No. Hey, that does remind me of another story, though. Have you ever tried to drink underwater? Mm, no, that would be a bit hard for me snorkeling. And you know that's as far as I go in the ocean. I don't dive. <laughs> so I did a dive once and with a with a friend of mine. And as we were coming up, you know, starting to get shallower and shallower. So the dive's almost at an end. We came across a an unopened bottle of rum. And we basically, long story short, we decided that we were going to drink it. So we drank it. So we actually opened it. It was about, probably at about five meters or something like 15 feet. And we actually opened up the bottle and uh, and we drank it. Well, not all of it, but we drank a fair bit of it. Oh my gosh. What did it taste like? And didn't you, like, I have so much to say because I'm not a diver. Like, that is just really scary to me. You know, taking the regulator out, drinking, and then what if water gets in your mouth with the with the rum? I don't know. Yeah. How did no, you manage a, to do that? There's a trick to it. So effectively, and it's, it's not the worst thing that I've done underwater, <laughs> let me tell you. But um, the trick is, and this is through much experience, you leave your regulator <laughs> half in, 
and you put the bottle to your lips and then you purge. So you press the, uh, the regulator, which ejects a lot of air. And the air actually stops the seawater from getting into your mouth and it allows you to drink. And, I can't believe um, you've just taught people how to drink underwater. <laughs> Seriously, don't do this, folks. Uh, yeah, don't, not, don't I'm do not as Keith advocating does. it. I'm not advocating it. I'm just saying I did it. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. okay, I'm still I'm still at that. You've done a lot more underwater. I don't think I even want to know. Um, hey, you know the saying, "Drink like a fish." I mean, you actually drank like a fish, but where does the saying come from? Okay, that's a phrase that's been around since about 1640. And it actually appears in Fletcher and Shirley's The Nightwalker or The Little Thief from from the same date. And the actual quote is, give me the bottle. I can drink like a fish now, like an elephant. <laughs> and weirdly, drink like an elephant didn't catch on. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really have the same ring to it, does it? No. Oh, you know what? Hey, I need to tell you my fish joke before we finish. It's brill. <laughs> okay, so before we get to that, do that at the end. Do it at the end because it would be a okay. good way to end the show. All right. So I came across an article by Nathan Chandler where he talks about fish who you know, obviously spend their entire life in the water. And the question was, you know, asked was, do they ever get thirsty? And, you know, it's actually a great question. And I immediately thought of one of my favorite all-time movies, Arthur, with Dudley Moore. Not the later one that was made in 2011, but the Dudley Moore one that came out in 1981. I saw that movie six times. I love that movie. It's, it was always on at Christmas as well, wasn't it? Me yeah. too. I, I loved it. I loved Dudley Moore. Absolutely adored him. And, He's just um, the funniest yeah, guy ever. Funniest guy ever. Loved him. But in that movie, um, doesn't he say, isn't it like, I often think that fish get awfully tired eating seafood. That was the line, wasn't it? <laughs> was that the inspiration behind this podcast? I mean, it's a great yeah. line, right? Not the best line in the movie because the movie's fab, but a, but a really good line. Yeah, that's that's actually why I thought of that movie. I mean, it's it's one of the best comedies of all time, absolute yeah. best. Um, and that movie also has one of the greatest theme songs of all time, "Between mm. the Moon and New York City." One of the best songs ever. I know it's crazy, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's really good. No that's flies really on good. me, buddy. So, do fish ever get thirsty? So the first thing that Nathan Chandler points out is very easy. And he interviewed a bunch of people who know a lot more about fish than I do. Um, And what they came out with was that animals don't think in the same terms as us. Fish don't think in the same terms as us. You know, as in we think about thirst and how thirsty we are and we go grab a drink. What animals do is automatically hydrate. So the question is, is do fish hydrate like we do? So our bodies send us all sorts of signals when we get hungry and when we get thirsty. We eat and we hydrate. But that's not the point. The point is that we have all sorts of minerals and salts and electrolytes in our bodies that we need to keep at a certain level. And we keep them at a certain level by regulating our water intake. Mm -hmm. So that's how and why we stay hydrated. And fish basically have to do the same thing despite living in water. Right. And this whole process is called osmoregulation. And fish do this. And keep in mind that evolutionists say that we actually come from fish. So we're very similar um, to to them. And how we do it is very similar, even though we don't have gills. Though I often think it would be so much fun to have gills. (laughs) 
that's random. <laughs> hey, do you remember um, Patrick Stewart in um, in Aquaman? Do you remember he had gills? Do you remember how cool that show was? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. hang on a sec. Patrick Stewart, love him. Patrick, Aquaman, love that. I don't think Patrick Stewart was in Aquaman. Wasn't it was Patrick he? Stewart? No, Patrick Duffy. Oh, no, no, no. Patrick oh, yeah. Duffy. <laughs> Patrick the guy Duffy, off, that's right. The guy off Dallas. Yeah, yeah, yeah Patrick Bobby, Stewart. Bobby Ewing. Star mm-hmm. Trek. Patrick Stewart. Oh, yeah, Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Was, yeah, he was Star Trek, yeah. Actually, Keith, just, just picking up from something you said, I don't believe we come from fish, right? I just don't. But I know lots of people do, and that's fine. Everyone can believe whatever they like. You can also believe whatever you like. That's fine. Okay. That is another topic for another podcast. So back to fish, right? Well, where we so, came from. That's a, that's a hell of a podcast right there. Yeah. Where did anyway. we come from? <laughs> Where did we come from? Anyway, so back to fish, right? So their kidneys are a big part of this uh, osmoregulation. And basically, like us, it maintains their salt levels. And they do have gills. And those gills actually have cells that exchange both water and salt, trying to keep the correct, you know, electrolytical balance, I guess. And actually, I don't even know if that's a word. So let's just say trying to keep the same electrolyte balance. No, I really like electrolytical. I can even say it. Hey, are you going to keep that in? Yeah, I I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to edit it out. I mean, I've said much dumber things on our podcast. (laughs) We've both said dumb things, but it's not dumb at all. I have to say that if that isn't a term, then I think it should be. And I'm going to send it through to the folks at Webster's right after this. Put (laughs) this in. Yeah, invent a new word. Mm-hmm. So it turns out that this osmoregulation, the process, the components for carrying out this process, is the same across all fish species, or similar oh, okay. enough for our purposes today, right? So I'm no scientist, and I always look for the simplest way to break these things down, okay? And what they do, or how they do it, and the process depends on what type of water that they live in. Okay, cool. Well, let's start with freshwater fish. Let's start there. Mm, Okay. Yep. Great place to start. Okay. So I learned a couple of interesting things here. One is that freshwater fish don't drink actively because it dilutes their blood and other fluids in their body super fast. And obviously what's inside their body, their tissue and their blood is going to be saltier than where they are because they're in a freshwater environment. And they would just act as a big salt sponge if they were to drink too much. The other thing I learned is that they urinate a lot, like Mm -hmm. almost all the time. Yeah. And their urine that they pee out is super diluted and watery because they are holding all of the electrolytes and the minerals for as long as they can. Really smart, Mm -hmm. right? Remember, they're not getting it from their surrounding environment, which is the fresh water, right? So they've got to hold on to whatever they can. And they're preventing the solution in their blood from becoming too diluted. That's the key and the main point about their osmoregulation, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. And that actually just reminds me of something else. And I I don't know whether it's related, but it could be. There's a a true, and this is a true story. There was a kid who used to go surfing um, in South Africa and his parents actually videoed him as he caught a wave. And as he was catching a wave, there were two great whites that came at him from either side. And on the crest of the wave, they kind of crossed over his board and, you know, threw him up into the air and the wave dumped him and the, the sharks missed him and he managed to get back to shore. Now, the weird thing about this kid is that he was actually attacked again and again by great whites during his surfing career. 
And what they found, because they couldn't figure out why this one kid was getting attacked all the time or, or, or they were, the sharks were trying to get to him when other surfers were in the same area and they all and they never got attacked. And what they found was that the kid used to urinate in his wetsuit all the time, like copiously, because he'd wow. be out there for a long time. He would drink a lot of water before he went in and then he would just pee a lot. So I'm just wondering, as we're talking about this, if there's if there's something in that, it's like, you know, the, does urine then attract? Yeah. Yeah. So are they attracted to the urine? And if, if that's the case and you've got fish that pee a lot, which is where I'm bringing this back to, do those fish get kind of singled out by sharks as well? Just a thought. Gosh. Okay. So that's, yeah. Interesting. Right. So anyway, so that's, that's right for the freshies, for the freshwater fish. So that's how they do it. Yeah. So if they manage to do it correctly, their cells, their gills and their kidneys are working properly. They're retaining salt. They're peeing out tons and tons of water and keeping the salt. Mm -hmm. But with seawater fish, it's just the opposite for the same reason. Yeah. And the cool thing is saltwater fish actually drink through their mouths to stay hydrated. So they're drinking ocean water, which is highly salted. Um, water, you know, highly salted water, and they have to try and not lose water to that salty environment. And they also have to stop from getting too salty. You know, they're drinking salt water, but they have to keep the excess out. Gosh, it's such a lot, isn't it, that they have to balance? Yeah. So their kidneys are removing all the salt and conserving the water. And then they have these salt cells in their gills pumping salt into the water. And you have that same exchange going on as you do with the freshies, but it just works backwards with the salties. Yeah. And you can imagine that their urine is super salty and light on the water side of things. So a super concentrated solution that they're peeing out effectively, right? Yeah. Gosh, even this makes you not want to go into the water again, doesn't it? <laughs> nah, especially if sharks, kills, are, atta- especially if sharks are, are attracted to it. <laughs> salt kills everything. Yeah, true that. And then there are fish that can exist in both fresh and salt water, like the bull shark. And now that you know about osmoregulation, it's like, how does that work? Right. Hmm. And another great example of this is salmon. We love salmon, right? So when the salmon go to spawn, they go to spawn in fresh water, usually upstream in the same river, actually, that they were spawned in, which is just wild when you think about it. Yeah, that is wild. Yeah. They don't, they don't get a passport and venture, you know, away from home, really. So these guys are leaving their saltwater habitat to spawn in a freshwater habitat. Yeah. And it was really interesting researching this. So how in the world does that happen? I mean, their organs have obviously evolved to cope with both, but the osmoregulation must be extreme. However, salmon are really smart, and what they don't do is go straight from freshwater to saltwater or vice versa. They actually hang out a little bit in where the freshwater meets the saltwater, and they acclimatize. Oh, smarty pants salmon. Gotta love them. Brilliant. (laughs) So they get a little bit of both, and they hang out in this brackish water until their bodies are ready for the change. Hmm. You know what? I can sympathize. I wish I could just hang out preparing my body for the change. Don't even get me started. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Very apt. Very apt. And you're glad you're not a woman, I can tell you. Right. Like everything, there, there is a conundrum that they are facing due to climate change. 
right? Where sea ice is breaking up more and more and the, and traveling further south and moving into the salmon's breeding ground. Boo! Okay. Right? <laughs> so as the freshwater ice melts, it's diluting the seawater, the brackish water where they stay before either moving up the stream or into the sea. Yeah, it really screws up that staging area. And it has a certain amount of salinity. And when you add sea ice, it completely screws that area up. Yeah, another thing that is happening. I know. So, Nick, how much seawater can you ingest at a time? <laughs> hmm, strange question. Um, all right. Well, not out of choice, you understand. But theoretically, maybe 3.5% of my body weight. Yeah, sure. I mean, hang on, three and a half percent salt by weight. Sure. I mean, we've talked about this before. And if you were stranded, you know, out in the ocean after a shipwreck, you'll die if you just continue to drink salt water because you're just continually putting salt into your body because you just can't hydrate. But you won't die if you're on the beach and you decide to drink a pint of seawater. Yeah, that's true. And you won't die either if you drink your own urine. <laughs> Again, completely out of left field, but that's yeah. disgusting. Um, though there are a bunch of people that do that. You know, Sarah Mills, Keisha, Bear Grylls, they all drink their own urine. There's a lot of people. Um, and you know what? It's a thing. Drinking your urine is a thing. It's basically plasma and it's said to cure all sorts of ailments in the body. And, you know, the people that do drink their own urine, I'm not one of those, but there are lots of people who I really respect out there and they do it. And they fully believe that um, everything we've been told about our urine as it, you know, being a waste product and should just be you know, obliterated mm -hmm. um, is not true in that you can heal anything because it's actually been, it's plasma. It's, it's really concentrated plasma and very good for you. So I don't know. The jury's yeah. out on that. I haven't quite progressed to that, but, um, but, you know, I like to hear different points of view. Yeah. Look, they say... You say that's a thing, but I can tell you now that's a thing that I won't be doing. <laughs> really? Oh. <laughs> okay. So how about this? You're in your house and you take a pint of fresh water and you mix it, a lot of salt into it. I think you could drink that and you'd be okay too, right? Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't die, I don't think, but I wouldn't want to do that. Hmm. Okay. So I guess we've answered the question. So, hey, you said at the beginning that you had a joke, a fish Ooh, yeah. joke. Yeah, yeah. Great way to end our show. So go for it. Oh, so this joke, it just kills them every time, Keith. It's a winner. So I was told this joke, full disclaimer, by a really great friend of mine called Jackie when we lived in Wales and we were um, in our sort of after school, um, after school pursuits. And um, it's Brill. Are you ready? What's the after-school pursuits? Is that like knitting or, you know, no, crocheting? No, it's no, no, no. We were we were in college. That's what I meant. I just couldn't oh, think of okay. the words, you know, because I've got a bit of like brain fog. <laughs> um, so yeah, no after-school pursuits. Now you say it like that, it's like what on earth? Um, it's like, what's yeah, an we were in college. Like, okay. No, we were All in right. college, and she told me this joke is brill. Anyway, um, Jax, this is for you. So, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm, right. I'm ready with bated breath. I'm on the edge of I my know. seat. Honestly, it's a winner. It's so simple, but it's a winner. Um, what, do you um, what do you call a fish with no eye? What do you call a fish with no eye? You have to rethink about it. <laughs> I don't know. What do you call a fish with no eye? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Because <laughs> it's got no eye? 
It's a winner. See, so simple, oh, so effective. Boy. It oh, gets boy. them every time, Keith. That's my joke. It, it's it's a goodie. It is a goodie. It's brill. Listeners, we hope you've enjoyed hearing about how fish drink. I learned some things too, actually. And if you enjoyed this podcast, do click subscribe or follow our channel so you don't miss any of our future episodes. And don't forget, when life throws you a curveball, there's, there's always, always tea. tea. Bye for now. Bye for now.